Hello, and welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Jason Rock, and I will be your host today. I am joined by an esteemed panel of MBA students here at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business in Ann Arbor. Today's episode is going to revolve around what I would call the most incredible norm of B-School life, student treks. The MBAs on our panel have some absolutely phenomenal experiences to share. Uh, just to give you an idea, they've led over 100 classmates on a trip through Columbia, gained some VIP access to one of the hottest industry players in autonomous mobility, and, and I'm really excited to talk about this one, um, one of our panelists was part of a group that took their own initiative to create a brand new trek to West Africa going to Ghana just a few weeks ago. So if you're wondering how in the world all of this travel fits into the life of an MBA, this is the podcast for you. If you're wondering how we pay for all these trips, I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss that too. No, no worries. Um, all right. Now, before we get started, we do want to encourage you to get in touch. We've really enjoyed all of the audience interaction this year. There's been a ton. Thank you guys for that. You can reach us through sending a message to bbupodcast at umich.edu. That is bbupodcast at umich.edu. Ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say hi. We love hearing from all of you. All right, so let's get started. Um, first, let's get to know our panelists a little bit. Today, we are joined by Elsie Staten, Ben Quam, and Cal Richards, all MBA twos here at Ross. Um, to kick things off, why don't we go around the table and break the ice? Let's hear about maybe what you were doing prior to Ross, uh, what you've been passionate about since you've been here, um, and what you hope to get into post-MBA, which unfortunately is coming up way too fast. Um, so we'll go around the table here. Elsie, uh, why don't we go ahead and start with you? Absolutely. Very excited to start. Um, my name is Elsie Staten. As Jason said, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, I ventured over to the East Coast for undergrad where I went to Boston University. There I studied business marketing and advertising. Uh, before my MBA, I was working in digital marketing, most recently as a digital marketing manager at Verizon. When I came to Ross and I was considering MBAs in general, I wanted to go to a program that was big into the tech industry as well as entrepreneurship. And luckily, I've been able to delve into both of those here at Ross. Um, I have accepted a full-time offer to go to Microsoft where I'll be working. Ooh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, big tech, you know. Um, I am very excited to be a product marketing manager there. But I also was able to dabble in entrepreneurship here on campus. Uh, myself and my fiance launched a new restaurant uh, catering business that's called Breadless. Um, we offer premium sandwiches without any bread. Instead, we wrap those in fresh greens. So if you like collards, turnips, and Swiss chard, they're all high in nutritional value, and we like to make good sandwiches out of them. That is incredible. And I've, I've actually had one of those Breadless sandwiches, and like I am the literal person that shouldn't like them. Like From <laughs> from the heart of the Midwest, they still list grains at the bottom of the food pyramid, and <laughs> these things are the, the Chipotle sandwich was, was just phenomenal. Oh, thank you, Jason. Um, now, if, if anybody's listening and is interested in that, like for themselves, where could they go uh, and maybe try Breadless? I know you guys are operating in Detroit pretty often, right? Yeah. So actually, we do a lot of Metro Detroit um, partnerships. We partner with uh, Fitness Works, LA Fitness, Crunch Fitness, and a few gyms in those areas. But we also do a lot of work here in Ann Arbor. In fact, we're looking to have our first brick and mortar launch in Ann Arbor. Oh my uh, this is new news. Whoa. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking uh, news. By <laughs> the end of this summer. So if students come here, you can have Breadless list and you'll be at our first brick and mortar or you can hire us if you're a student group on campus at oh University of Michigan. Go blue. I might just hire you from me and my roommate. <laughs> All right. Um, ben, on to you. Jason, it's so good to be here. This is so much fun. Um, I'm, I'm Ben Quam. I grew up in Minnesota. I uh, went to school out in Colorado. After school, worked in politics and in startups, so uh, started companies and, and joined early-stage startups in Denver, uh, in Bogota, and then in Chicago, but three, lived three years in Bogota, Colombia, so um, that was primarily where I was at before, before uh, Michigan, and um, decided to, to come to Michigan because I, you know, very strong MBA program, wanted to level up in terms of my ability to, to lead and start, start new things, um, and I love that it's in the Midwest. Growing up in Minnesota, it's not... Not not pretentious, uh, easy place to be. Um, very very much a fan. Um, 
I am going to go work at Zillow uh, after school, which is going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll be hanging out with LC as much as possible in oh, yeah. Seattle um, and uh, be doing product management work there. And that I think will just be a new, exciting learning challenge. That's um, incredible, man. Congratulations. For, uh, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, in an environment that I haven't worked at besides awesome. the internship. Awesome. And, you know, living in Bogota, that's one thing. You know, we'll hit on, a, on that a little bit later. That is, I cannot wait to hear about that. But that's just truly incredible. Really, I mean, anybody that's listening to this from anywhere, that's, you know, Ross really does bring together just people with all these different backgrounds. It's super exciting that we get to talk about this today. Um, so, yeah, go Bogota. That's why I'm here. I'm an official Columbia fan now. Um, Cal, well, Cal, we'll move on to you next. Uh, again, Jason, thank you so much for having us all. And uh, thanks for getting some uh, mobility time on the, uh, on the clock as well. Um, so I am from Maryland originally. I uh, was an economics major, so I went into financial, cons- financial services afterwards um, in Arlington, Virginia, with a company called Cambridge Associates. Uh, after doing that, I was looking for my, my next career step and was looking to career switch uh, post-business school, as many of us do. Um, um, and what really drew me to Michigan was, again, a lot of the mobility uh, culture around here. So, I mean, mobility, moving past just the automotive industry and moving into the scooter shared, shared services that exist uh, in many urban centers coming on now. Um, and what I did last summer was work for an autonomous driving software company called Argo AI, uh, which is partnered with Volkswagen and Ford uh, out in Palo Alto doing their business strategy. And I'm looking for just-in-time positions at the end of this year. So still, uh, still <laughs> waiting for my, my celebration for getting a full-time offer and enjoying the business school experience as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of my time at, uh, at school has been work- focused on the mobility space. Absolutely. And Cal's selling himself a little bit short there. He is. I mean, if you, you ask about Mr. Mobility here at the Ross School of Business, there's one name that comes up, and that's Cal Richards. Um, so we're really excited to get into all the stuff that you guys are doing with the Auto Mobility Club a little bit later as well. Now, before we move on to some more discussion on treks themselves, uh, we do have one shout out for our first sponsor, the Detroit Revitalization and Business Club, which is one of the favorites here at Ross. One of the unique aspects of an MBA at Michigan Ross is the university's proximity and commitment to the city of Detroit. Central to that involvement is the student-led club, Detroit Revitalization and Business Initiative. Detroit R&B allows students to see the real Detroit through various events, help participate in its rebirth through consulting projects with local small businesses, and engage youth through a mentoring program with local high school students. We also host a keynote impact conference each winter, guiding discussion around a central topic of Detroit's revitalization journey. Coming to Ross is so many students' first encounter with Michigan and Detroit, and we love being a part of their experience exploring their new home. Um, cannot speak enough about you know what the Detroit R&B Club means, not only to us here at Ross, but also this community. Um, we, I'm part of, I know LC is as well. Um, we're, we're pretty ingrained with what's going on here. We bring in kids uh, from the Jalen Rose Academy, actually do some mentoring. We have that kicking off uh, again here, actually, at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So just one of the, the many things that the Detroit R&B Club does. So thank you guys for for sponsoring us and for all the work that you do for Detroit. All right, so now let's jump into some fun stuff here, M-Treks. Um, for those of you that don't know, an M-Trek is basically this crazy vacation that starts off your MBA year. So it is literally a trip with 15, which become your new best friends, um, and you go all over the world. So I did a little bit of research. I was even surprised. Going on two M-Treks, I was even a little bit surprised at how wide the breadth of this travel is. So there was 32 treks last year. I'm going to read these off really fast. This is all the places that these treks went. Australia, New Zealand, Portugal, Morocco, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary. I won't bore you guys. But it's, <laughs> it's literally everywhere. It's, in, it's insane. Anything that you can think of uh, that you want to go, like there is probably a trek there. Um, so why don't we go around the table here? Why don't you guys talk about um, some of the treks that you were on if you went on one as an MBA one year experience going through that. And then also if you, you followed it up and you, uh, you led one MBA two year. Uh, so we'll start, we'll start with Cal this time. Sure. Uh, so my first year, I went to five different countries in a 10 day period in Eastern Europe, um, <laughs> Hungary, Serbia, Bosnia, Croatia, and one other that I'm not remembering at the moment, but basically it was a, we were one day in a country, travel for another day, and then hit the next one, which is a really good experience for me having never been to the region and uh, really just check a bunch of countries off the list. Uh, This year I led one to uh, Greece and Cyprus, which were two other countries I'd never been to and was an incredible experience. It was a really good opportunity, which I'm sure we'll dive into later, um, just to get to know the people and get to know folks in the MBA one class uh, who probably wouldn't otherwise get to know quite as well. Absolutely. And then you guys, Ben and LC, you were on the same trip, Yeah, we went right? to Thailand together. Oh, my so goodness. I would, love, I would so love to hear about that. <laughs> so much fun. 
Yeah, we went to Thailand uh, for um, for Dump Track, spent time in Bangkok, Chiang Mai, and then Koh Phan Yan um, for a full moon party, uh, which was on my birthday, which was a, a wild night. Um, that was an amazing Amtrak. Just a great, great crew. Literally, uh, you know, time outdoors, time, time having fun. Um, Amtrak's are Amtrak's are definitely special. They're like it can be a quite shocking thing as a, sort of your first one of your first intros to business school. I think is like these hugely ambitious, like expensive, crazy deals. I like at first was like, oh, I'm not going to do this um, because it's just. It can feel quite over the top, but but I, I kind of came to feel like in for a penny, in for a pound with this experience. And um, you know, if you're going to go to business school, if you're going to be with people here, um, why not go to Thailand with them? You, and Absolutely. you get the chance to go to Thailand uh, and hang out with people like Elsie. So it's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's worked anything. out. It's worked out really well. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is, and that's a great segue, I think, into the you know really the thing that's top of mind when people research Amtrak. You know, you're looking at you're looking to go into business school, and luckily for us, tuition is incredibly cheap right now. Um, <laughs> and you see, you come to you come to GBR. The general process is you come to GBR, which is Go Blue Rendezvous highly encourage all admitted students to attend that. That is just an incredible time. Um, one of my favorite times in, in, on the entire Ross calendar. Um, but you come in and you get, there's kind of this big release of all these trips. They all have profiles. And along with those profiles, they all have general list prices. And you start looking up these flights in addition to, you know, maybe looking at student loans and stuff like that. And I, I, at least for me, there was kind of that moment of, uh, you know, maybe a bit of panic, like, ooh, is this something that I, I want to take on in addition to, you know, this, this enormous financial commitment? Um, so, Elsie, why don't you, could you tell us a little bit about what went through your mind and kind of why you uh, not only decided to do it in the first place, but looking back, if, if you feel that that's still a great decision? Absolutely. Um, I'm glad you asked that. I actually was a partner. Um, in, my fiance went to business school right before me, so I knew it was coming. Okay. And so he went to another business school, and they were trek on trek on trek, always traveling. Mm-hmm. So one thing I knew was that I to have some of those experiences outside of the classroom, outside of the the amazing bubble of Ann Arbor, um, you kind of have to make that financial sacrifice. So I had already knew going in that I wanted to take advantage of of as many travel opportunities to get to know my classmates out of, you know, the classroom context as much as I could. Um, Also, on my bucket list, Thailand was always uh, one of the top countries that I wanted to go to, uh, including others uh, that I actually got to go to at Michigan. So uh, you'll learn something when you come, if you come hopefully to Michigan or any business school, that there's this thing in econ called a sunk cost. (laughs) (laughs) And that's basically how I looked at all the travel opportunities. It's sunk. I highly encourage people to do it. It's 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 hard to have another way to engage with classmates um, in such a beautiful, beautiful like different country or place. So absolutely, Jagadish is going to offer you a TA spot on (laughs) just for that. Some cost. My goodness, Um, Ben. How about you? What were you you thinking? You know, when you yeah, I I think I think I think Elsie's right. I think you can definitely go deep with people on you know when you travel with people. I mean, anybody who's traveled with their partner and traveled with friends, anything you know, you, you can get you can get really like stronger friendships and experiences when you when you travel with people like that um and i think it's a good you know if if you're if you're in for this experience you know if you're going to be here for two years like go go do it um and then and then travel is a beautiful thing like who doesn't want to absolutely go spend uh you know 10 plus days in in thailand and travel around there and get to know thailand and eat a whole bunch of thai food and uh learn things about southeast asia so um you know when you get a chance to do that you should probably say yes to it, even if it's a little bit unreasonable. <laughs> Could not agree more. Cal, how about you? What was going through your mind? Uh, so I had a similar thought process to to everybody else on this one. What I will say, though, just as a plug for those who did not go on Mtrex as well, is that um, there are a lot of opportunities of if you don't want to go all the way in on an Mtrex, you do just want to get some folks together. Uh, the group me uh, for those who will be coming to Michigan or will be very soon aware that it gets fired up pretty quickly. And um, for the folks that either have a wedding or have some other commitment or frankly just don't want to put the money down or don't want to travel for whatever reason. Um, There are a lot of opportunities, either having a group go up to Northern Michigan, having a group stay domestic, um, or just people from your town who are all coming to Michigan together. Um, That's a great point, and there's nothing wrong with that decision. Yeah, yeah, and again, not, not that one's better or worse, but just that the, the FOMO concept is very real at business school and, uh, your reason for going on this trip should be that you're excited to have experience with the classmates you're about to have and not the thought that if you don't go, you're going to be the Stephen Klansberg sitting at your lunch table by yourself. <laughs> um, 
So do it for the right reasons, which there are plenty, but there are there are good, other good options as well too. Yeah, I, I you you really hit the nail on the head there. Um, and one thing that the M Trek board does a really really good job of is offering treks that kind of fit that mold. So even just last year, I believe there was a trek domestic in the U.S. that went uh, out west. I think yeah, there were two two right nice. Um, and there was also one that went to Canada right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, there's also like the informal, like, hey, maybe we go up to northern Michigan, rent out a cabin. Yeah, a lot of so, people do that. Yeah, so there are options for partner tracks. Oh yeah, partner tracks. That's right. Did you go on a partner track? I, oh, didn't. You didn't? I didn't. Okay. You did with your with your fiance though, right? When you were when he was at business school? Yes, I went okay. on many of those. Nice, nice. That's another one. So if you're out there and you're worried, oh, you know, I don't want to leave my partner behind, or maybe you do, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are all sorts of options. Um, but yeah, that's the the trek experience is one that is I think truly incredible. You know, and you guys all hit on it. You're making this enormous investment into yourself, and that's really what Amtrek is. is it's, it's a further investment. Not only is it a really cool travel experience, going spending 10 days anywhere, Thailand, for example, but, I mean, the connections that you make, at least that I've made, you know, even this year, uh, I feel so much more ingrained with the incoming MBA 1 class now that, you know, we went and we had that sort of travel experience together. I've certainly have made some lifelong friends across both treks that I went on, um, so cannot, you know, recommend that highly enough. Um, now, as far is, you know, because there is this this really interesting relationship where as, a, as an MBA one, you're kind of choosing, you, you're not really sure which one you're going to get. It's kind of a ranking system that you, you put in. And then as an MBA two, you have the opportunity to go out and design one on your own with your friends. Um, so Cal, I know that you, I know that you did that. You, you transitioned from, uh, you know, going on one as an MBA one to, you know, creating one yourself. So what kind of what led you to, to do that? Um, and I, I, let's see here. Well, I got to give you a hard question too. What would you do differently uh, if you were going to do it all over again? So I'll give a half answer and then I'll give a real answer. The first piece of disappointment that came out of our Trek choice, so again, we went to Greece and Cyprus this year, was the realization that Lindsay Lohan was forced to close her beachside club in Mykonos, which was oh obviously at the top of our agenda. Cal, I'm um, so sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. talking. That's reason. Can we take a break? Right so I can yeah. Hate to see it. Yeah. Um, so we found that out while we were in the planning process. Uh, there was enough enough of a selling point to go to Mykonos and Cyprus. <laughs> on top of that, uh, but that was a big pill to swallow. Um, but no. In, in all seriousness, I think the the thing from my perspective that I think the leaders and in, including us in that could probably do a little bit better of a job of to help out the people coming in um, is. Again, keeping Jagadish on the on the top of mind. I just came from his incentives class a minute ago. Um, the reason that we put our descriptions of the trek and the pictures of us and the funny lines and all that stuff in there is for people to want to sign up for ours because we want to have uh, we want to have as many people as we can. We want to have a full trek. I mean, that's how you have the most fun to get as many people as you can on there. And the point of that process is to try to drum up interest. I do think there could be another forum that could be done a little bit maybe more uh, transparently about what to actually expect from treks and what you are giving up and not necessarily giving up by going on certain treks. Um, and again, I don't think there's a, per- I don't have a perfect solution for that at all, but I do think that um, if you are a student coming into Michigan, understanding that what is put on those sites is put on there to drum up interest and doing your own kind of critical thinking and research and understanding what's actually going into the treks is an important concept of a uh, of that uh, that process. Yeah, that's that is that's a great point. Um, and one thing that you can do, you know, as a perspective in this situation, is you're going to be paired up with a buddy at GBR, um, and you, you know, you're assigned like one or two buddies. But then those buddies are always, you know, the kind of in congregating with their friends and stuff like that. So definitely, if you have these questions, ask MBA ones and MBA twos about their trek experiences and about exactly what Cal's talking about uh, when you do come to GBR, because you can you can get some real answers. You'll get a lot of different perspectives, um, and I think that can be really valuable. I know. Uh, my buddy, when I was coming here, definitely like pushed me kind of in the right direction, uh, encouraged me to get out of my comfort zone, and I could not be more thankful for that. Yeah, and I mean, re- and again, regardless of, of who you are in this process, the last thing that anybody wants is to have someone go on a track where they could have had more fun on another one or whatever it may be. And what everyone's trying to do is kind of put all the cards out on the table and have everyone have the best greater business school experience, but also just M-Track experience as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's see here. Next question for Ben. Um, let's go with, could you give me 
um, both the re- most rewarding part of going on your Amtrak that can be, you know, I know I've seen some really cool pictures of you with elephants. That could be that. Um, that or, uh, you know, and I guess and the most challenging aspect of, of Amtrak, whether that was maybe some travel delays or if there was some food that, you know, whatever. Um, would love to hear about both the high and the low. From no, I think travel delays are the best part. The, the, only way to, the only way to mess up one of these tracks is to, like, not get sick or not get delayed and stuff because that means you weren't nearly ambitious enough. I love with that. The things that <laughs> that's you, the be- that's the best answer we've ever had. Mark uh, that. Mark that down. Like in that's history. that's 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 incredibly important. Uh, um, yes, I, I think the uh, so so I, I also led one this past this this year uh, as an NBA two. We went to Georgia and Armenia, um, which was incredible. Um, the Caucasus are an incredible region, um, and the the only the only regret I have there is. Um, I do think like like planning them is harder and requires a lot of time, and you're kind of planning it by committee because like you have this whole group that's planning it together, and so it's like hard to make decisions. Um, and you end up kind of in negotiations with one of these vendors, with one of these travel companies. Um, and I, I wish I would have spent more time playing them off each other and like really driving down the price because uh, I feel like all of them each year just like inflated a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and I feel like I we could have gotten like. Could have like could have crushed it. Could have like yeah. changed the game if we had had invested had invested a bunch of time there and and done that. But um, but 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 like I said earlier, I, I think it, like partially the, the way to enjoy this is like not to scheme it too much. You know, like you shouldn't. Um, you know, you get the chance to go to Thailand. You get the chance to go to Georgia, Armenia. You get the chance to go to Greece. Like that's amazing. It's an incredible experience. That's a great time. Uh, you're gonna go there with really interesting people. Um, you know, your bags are going to get lost or whatever. Like we, we had a, we had a guy we had a guy in our our group um, this year whose uh, bag never arrived in Armenia and uh, and then it showed up at the Armenian hotel after we made it to Georgia. Oh, he just no. never got as close. Um, but he, he this guy Connor, but he was he was like a. a, a perfect savvy traveler about it like embraced the experience did not I mean like some people I think would have let that ruin their ability to enjoy Armenia and, and Georgia and which which would have been would have been too bad but that was that was clearly not the case for him um, and, and I mean people people who enjoy travel people who have that perspective like won't have a problem with that um, but uh, yeah I mean you mentioned the elephants the elephants I, I never thought I would I mean, I mean in my, I suppose I could have thought I would, but I, I didn't see myself anytime soon swimming with elephants. And the fact that you could even do that without like being physically crushed to death, like I didn't even They're know that so was possible. Sweet. They're like so playful, just like totally. What's that process like? Like, totally is there playful. someone that like slowly introduces you to the elephant who you like bribe with food? Yeah, like, you like happens? you wear the exactly. You bribe, you bribe them food, and you're like wearing the right clothes so that they like smell the same clothes and everything. And then you like throw a bunch of mud at them, and then you all get in the water together and um, or mud water. Yeah, mud water. Oh my yeah, goodness. and then you get a lot of Instagram likes as well. Um, Yes. Don't do it that's, for the that's, gram. That's Elsie. Cool. Uh, she content. kills it. She kills it. All right, Elsie, same question for you. I would love to hear about the most rewarding part and the most challenging part of your Amtrak experience. Sure. Uh, honestly, it it was a dream trip. I'm trying. I was nervous about answering this because I can't really think of a low. Um, I think the most rewarding is having the diversity of experiences that we had. Um, so in Bangkok, I know we did a lot of partying. We went to a ladyboy show. Like it was like our introduction into Thailand and it was it was lit. Yeah. And then going to Chiang Mai, you got to see some of, you know, um, the temples. We got to do a lot of things involved with nature. We got to go to the elephant uh, park. We got to, you know, engage in that way. And it was just gorgeous there. And that was one of my real highlights. Um, and then we got to end it off with the Full Moon Festival, which is entire on a beautiful island in Kofangan. And we're just partying with each other, celebrating one of our Beloved people's birthdays, which is Mr. Ben over here. Oh, this is the biggest birthday I had. <laughs> that's that's really cool like, that you turned 22 birthday, over yeah. in Thailand. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. so that's, that's very good. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the food was amazing. I never got sick. Um, I ate literally everything. I got to go on a few hipster adventures with a subset of the people who just maybe didn't want to like do the same thing, or maybe didn't want to go on, you know, to see a temple or something like that. They just wanted to get lost in Thailand. Yeah. Um, I know Ben and I, um, another student, Vishal and hot too we did a lot of that 
Um, so sometimes just like having diversity of experience just makes a trip um, unforgettable. A hundred percent. You know, I, I could not identify with that anymore. Um, one of the coolest parts, so my two treks, I did Singapore and Malaysia. Um, and then when I led one, I did Italy and Croatia. And in both instances, we were paired uh, with someone that was originally from that region. So in my first trek as an MBA one, we had an MBA two who was Malaysian and who had family over there. Um, and so we got to see so many parts of the country that were not, you know, touristy. We got to go to so many restaurants, experience so many norms. And it just like really opens your eyes. Like, I mean, I grew up in a tiny little Midwest town when I was growing up, traveling was going to Chicago, you know? And so when you're in Malaysia and you're at this little like hole in the wall place that, you know, this guy's family has always loved. That is just, I mean, that is incredible. And then in Croatia, our tour guide that B-School Travel hooked us up with, he was originally from Croatia. And so we're, we're on, on the coast, Adriatic Sea, and he had a good friend that runs uh, a restaurant down there. And they treated us to this basically incredible free meal. All, I mean, basically all you can drink wine. They, were, they would bring out the fish like after it was caught and ask us to choose which one we wanted them to prepare. Um, and, you know, obviously we tipped the guy really well, but like that was just, you know, it was awe-inspiring. It was something that like, you know, Super two fun. years ago, it, it seems normal here in our little Ross bubble where everybody has these stories. But, you know, for people that are listening to this, like this is real and it, it's it, it's truly, I, I think it opens your eyes to everything that's out there. Um, that's very, the very you cool. remember. And then, you know, by the same token, one thing I also want to highlight, um, Elsie, you talked about how, the awesome time that you guys had in Thailand. Um, there's also a lot of treks that uh, focus a lot more on activity. Um, so I know there was a trek and they hiked Machu Picchu, for example. So regardless of what you're looking for, whether it's like, I think there was some whitewater rafting in, in Costa Rica, some mountain climbing, hiking, um, you know, anything that you're looking for out of a travel experience, Amtrek definitely does offer. Um, and, you know, it's all in all just a really cool experience. I think I can definitely safe for us all um, and, and would highly recommend overall. Um, all right, so there are a lot of other Trek options here at Michigan Ross that we're going to dive into next. But before doing so, we have another message from our sponsor, the Auto and Mobility Club. Um, you'll hear a bit more about the Auto and Mobility Club here in our next segment. Uh, but the Auto and Mobility Club at Ross capitalizes on the University of Michigan's proximity to the epicenter of the automotive industry in Southeast Michigan by providing students with unparalleled visibility and access to the companies and people leading the disruption of the mobility industry today. The club connects students with traditional automakers, startups, investment firms, and other alumni in the space to gain a deep understanding of the industry's ever-changing landscape and emerging career paths. So now, as we are on the topic of mobility, it only seems right that Mr. Mobility himself, Kyle Richards, talks us through some of the incredible Trek opportunities, uh, especially from an educational perspective, uh, that you guys have going on through the, uh, the Auto Mobility Club. So we'd love if you could talk us through uh, some of your experiences there, especially as an MBA one, um, and then your decision to, to not only you know, become a part of the leadership committee of that club, but then, you know, do some of the treks yourselves and, and providing MBA one students with the same opportunities that you were given. Yeah. Um, so I, before I get to the automobility club stuff, um, I went to the tech trek last year, which, uh, through that went to Zooks, which is an autonomous driving developer in the Bay, in addition to Google and some other, uh, some other companies out there, Uber as well. Um, this year, I know they had another great, great lineup of companies that they went to, um, Last week, went to Rivian, which is a multi-billion-dollar electric vehicle developer that's about 25 minutes away in Plymouth, Michigan. Um, tomorrow, we are going to the Henry Ford Museum and uh, and going foaling, which is a new concept Ooh, to me. Foaling, foaling. Uh, you can Google Jim Harbaugh foaling on on uh, check it out on YouTube. He's got some good videos in a uh, in a Detroit. <laughs> Just really good, and that he can't win a game in January. It's or? in uh, what's that show called? That's in Detroit. It's some. I forget what it's called. There's some, there's some Detroit show that's funny, but yeah, anyway, Harbaugh probably used as a recruiting tool a couple of years ago. Um, but anyway, you have 10 bowling pins on, I know this is exactly the question that you wanted me to answer. It is. Um, but there's 10 bowling pins about 20 yards away from each other. And you just take a football and fire it at the, uh, at the other side of the room, get to know the people next to you. Cause the balls are bouncing all over the place. Um, but anyway, that's, that's diving more into the Detroit culture that uh, we can get out. So, so completely unrelated, you know, mm-hmm. can I join the auto mobility club right this second? Uh, yes. Sweet. Oh, you absolutely can. consider it done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently Henry Ford museum, uh, according to someone who went a couple months ago, has the uh, car that JFK was shot in, has the oh Rosa gosh. parks bus. Like there are some, some one pretty, of my favorite museums. Have you been there? 
many times. Oh, I'm really? from downtown. Oh, Detroit. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really excited. I've heard a lot about it. Um, but anyway, so we've had those. So you have kind of the educational slash career component of it. Um, we also had two other ones, uh, one to the American Center of Mobility and one to M-City, which are two autonomous driving software test tracks. And basically what that means is they are enormous outdoor movie set looking places that they test autonomous vehicles in so that they don't unleash them on the public before they're ready. And uh, they have inflatable deer and inflatable kids and kind of little, uh, <laughs> little shopping carts and stuff like that. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. And it, again, wow. anybody is welcome to join. But yeah, we go on some of these tracks and due to the proximity that we have to a lot of these companies and opportunities, uh, we have a really good chance to do kind of a low cost view of uh, looking at these, these things going on around us. Yeah, that, I mean that is that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so to to a prospective student that's listening to this and is interested in the automobility space, what do you think both about the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and about your club specifically really differentiates Michigan Ross for somebody that's looking uh, to get into that space? Yeah. So from a totally unbiased perspective, I think that we have the premier mobility club in the country as far as MBA programs go. Um, I know there are other ones that do great stuff and that's not meant to belittle anyone else who's doing it in in the country. Um, But as far as the conference we put on last year, we had um, Larry Burns, one who's who wrote the book called Autonomy, which is considered one of the kind of go-to, if not the go-to books in the space. He, who is a Michigan alum, came and presented to us about his uh, findings and research in that. Um, we've had venture capital investors. We've had people from OEMs, which for those who are not aware are the, the Fords and General Motorses of the world. Um, I mean, because they're all right next door, we have just such access to them. We have startups, um, May Mobility, Refraction AI are both right in our backyard in Ann Arbor um, of varying levels of maturity. But the the access that we have is just incredible, um, both from a startup and kind of new mobility uh, perspective, but also from the incumbents who have a lot of money, have had some very successful runs, but understand that the industry is changing and want people in our program and other programs like it around the country to be a part of that so that we can kind of chart this path moving forward as much as we can. Absolutely. And, you know, from an outsider's perspective to the mobility space, there there are two, you know, really big things that stick out to me just from my experience here. The first of all is you touched on Rivian and you cannot look up the autonomous vehicle space without seeing Rivian somewhere. I mean, Amazon is invested in Rivian, correct? I mean, they, they have a lot of money coming their way. Yep. Last year, one of my roommates actually was one of two MBA interns in the nation that worked at Rivian. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, he, he's incredibly smart, but there are a lot of incredibly smart people at a lot of MBAs. Yeah. And so our proximity there has to play a role, right? Yeah. I was one of two at the company I was at as well. Um, two MBA interns also. Um, and Rivian, so they're developing, they're developing some autonomous and autonomous like technology. Their, their main focus is basically for for whatever you think of Tesla and the vehicles that they create, they are making the truck and SUV version of that. Gotcha. Um, for, for those who are unaware of the kind of electric vehicle landscape, um, basically what they want to do is be the new age of OEM and really produce cars that make sense for what car ownership, ownership is looking to be in the, next, in the coming decades. Um, and yes, that does include kind of the advanced ADAS, which is kind of assisted braking and uh, lane lane keeping and things like that. Um, That's really, from my understanding, what they're focusing on at this point. But it's just incredible to be able to drive for 25 minutes with a couple of your friends, hop into the headquarters of a multi-billion dollar bleeding edge of the industry company and then hop in your car and come back and you're back in Ann Arbor. I mean, it's, it's the, the access is really incredible. Um, and it's something that we definitely, definitely appreciate as part of the automobile club and for other clubs as well. I mean, to, to give the tech club, I mean, Google has a Ann Arbor campus. Oh yeah. Um, the amount of startups in Ann Arbor is incredible, especially for the size of the, uh, size of the city. I mean, it, this is not limited to just mobility, even though I will, uh, continue to talk about that until Jason cuts me I off. I love that. I love that. So I, I do have, I have one more, I have one more mobility nugget. I want to talk about. I have seen a tiny little autonomous vehicle around town Yep. Delivering, delivering so, pizzas. So I actually mentioned tell us, Cal, tell I actually us. mentioned that company. It's called Refraction AI. Okay. And I will give the official legal disclaimer before someone from the law school runs over. I'm not affiliated with this company in any way. I have no connection with them at all. Uh, to my understanding, their uh, their goal is to so there's basically moving goods and moving people. They focus on moving goods. Okay. So when you order from Miss Kim's, you can be a beta tester right now to log in. I am a beta tester. Um, you can go to Miss Kim's website, put in an order, 
and you will have a uh, what in a much, much oversimplified way looks like a cooler with four wheels show up to your house. Um, you pull the food out and you're good to go. And that's the, uh, that's, it's, I believe a, uh, Michigan professor. And I forget if there's a, I know the CEO is a Michigan professor, but I forget who else has Michigan connections, but it's, uh, yeah, it's an Ann Arbor company. They're doing well. Um, they're from what I understand, well regarded in the space and what they bring to the table, which is going to be a big shocker for, uh, Ann Arbor is that they handle weather very well. So they handle okay. adverse weather, um, purportedly better than many others in the space, but that's a lot of their value prop from what I understand as not a representative of the company. Wow. Well, I haven't had lunch yet, so I think I'm going to order from Miss Kim's yeah. just to try it out myself. Yeah, you've got my yeah. stomach growling. Uh, <laughs> or, or, I mean, I'll see Bradless would not be terrible either. I was going to say, oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you, Cal, so much for, for diving into that. I mean, that's, that was an, that, that's incredible. Um, now, moving on here, also Trek-related, um, Ben, you have some experience uh, not only going on a very cool travel trek, but you have led, I don't remember the exact number, but it was over 100 people, right? 115. 115 MBAs on a trek to Colombia. Go Bogota, documented Colombia fan, me. Um, but could you tell us not only you know about that trek itself, but also the planning that had to be involved to coordinate 115 people going to Colombia? We would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, first of all, you should all come to Michigan and go to go on Sea And Colombia is amazing. Sea Trek, yeah, Sea Trek. Sea Trek is the incredible. official term. Sea yeah. Trek. We call all trips treks here at in in B school if you haven't caught on yet. But yes, Sea Trek, Columbia Trek. Yeah, uh, it's 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 super fun. Um, so I'll say, you know, we the the student leadership of it is is a kind of is a especially fun experience because you're working with an agency, right? There's no way. So myself, um, Kami, uh, Juan, the MBA two from last year, um, uh, and Santiago, um, who who those are all. Colombians who grew up in Colombia and, 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 uh, you know, can, can speak to Colombia, you know, you know, obviously even better than I can. Um, then I kind of play the role of the American who was there for a while, who can, who can, who can translate for, for the Americans sometimes, uh, in a helpful way. You're very um, but, but I think like, you know, you're working with the agency. Um, and so the agency does a lot of the heavy lifting of like, um, you know, you're, you're planning a bunch of stuff with them. Um, and, and then I think the real work is communicating consistently and effectively to those 115 people, um, how uh, managing their expectations and getting them excited and making them comfortable and helping them uh, achieve the highest, you know, possible, um, you know, most exciting trip that they could that they could have from it, um, and and that that's that's about uh, you know being really fast answering people's questions. It's about being proactive and getting people the information they need um, and being super, super excited and super high energy all the time and making sure that everybody's having a great time in Columbia. Yeah, I, I'm sure there were some things that, like, just from a leadership perspective, even though it sounds, you know, you're, you're going on a trip, but from a leadership perspective, you know, handling all of that for 115 people had to be a, a super valuable experience for you, right? Super fun, yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, because there, there, I mean, there, there are definitely challenges too. Um, and uh, what was the what was the biggest challenge? Let's just like, sometimes it's hard to move like 115 people I, in a way, yeah. and, 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 and buses, a couple times we're buses from yeah, buses, buses places, and, the, and and in Colombia, some of these cities you know are a little bit older, or, like the old city in Cartagena, like you can't really bring a bus into most of those places there, and so one day we like the sea's too choppy, and so we're the fly, and we have to like uh, go to this other beach, and then you know it takes like takes like two hours to get um, to corral the buses and get everybody out and out onto the other beach, and like on the way, and and you worry, you know, you worry like are people like upset, you know, people spend a lot of money to come in these things. So like, yeah. are they, are they, do they feel like they're getting their money's worth? You know, um, I, I thought people for the most part are super mature and get it and like have traveled before, or like have, have, uh, you know, can appreciate what, what traveling means and that sometimes things change and like, yeah. you know, um, but it, it can be a little bit anxious as a, as a leader if those, those mm-hmm. sometimes I making, see making where that managing those, case. managing those fears and expectations, but, but people are, people are having a great time. Could you give us, uh, maybe a couple snippets of what you think, you know, the trekkers really gained from having you guys as an, you know, a team with expertise uh, leading this trek to Columbia that they, they would not have otherwise had. They just, you know, gone on it themselves, maybe 10, 20 friends over spring break. You use, a, you know, you use one of these travel centers. Um, like, what, what do you think, like, you guys especially, like, what are you most proud of that you were able to show totally. to people? What, what I wanted to do with that is I think a lot of people, like, when you show up in a new place, 
you, know, you just don't have a comfort level with the place. I remember when I first moved to Columbia, like I just the, the way I the way I remember that I felt about it then, you know, like I can put myself in that mindset, and it's just totally different. You know, you just don't know how things work. You don't know like how hard it's going to be to get from A to B. You don't know if something's going to be comfortable or not. And so, like, you can often just fall back onto tour guide stuff and like very typical touristy things, which is like you know you can have a good experience with that. But but we tried to really you know we were able to you know be, you know, as, as, as people who are friends of all, you know, it's all just you and all your friends yeah. in Columbia. And so you can be like, uh, you know, have you, you know, you should be really excited about doing this, you know, going to play Tejo, which is like a totally unique Colombian thing. And if you describe it, like talent sounds utterly insane, but you can like recommend it to people. Or, I don't know what it is. Could you explain it to us? Tejo is like cornhole, but instead of, uh, beanbags, it's like steel pucks and gunpowder. Um, and it only, <laughs> it only exists in Columbia. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a world wonder. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, in, and, is that Colombian foaling? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going um, or you know, Cartagena. Like, there's there's all these hole in the wall places that oh, um, with incredible music. I mean, Colombia is just like a, a musical uh, gift to humanity, and so these champeta um, places, like just in Getsemane, just outside of the old city, uh, the salsa, live salsa there, um, being able to like. Uh, rally a group of people there at night and be we're going here and, and get people to come do that and you know they have a really good time and uh, that's 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 fun to fun to do together. Oh my goodness. You know you're making me jealous right now that I that I haven't gone on stage. Yeah you should be oh, dude you I should, should be I, I no I, I wasn't Cal and I were actually in Boston out. together. Um, but yeah we, we weren't able to go on it. Now you know from from the same perspective here as we're talking about Sea Trek you know the whole time that Ben's been talking here LC's face has just been lighting up. I, I would love to hear your perspective Perspective about well, it. See, and I had an amazing day just in the old city, just walking yeah. through in, in Cartagena, just yeah. like up on the walls, yeah. walk the walls, uh, like the like in the in the old streets. So good. I felt like this track was extremely well done. Like I can't give kudos enough to the leaders. Um, it's really really hard to coordinate that amount of people. And I've been a huge advocate this year, telling the NBA ones if they were considering C track at all that they absolutely should go. Uh, Columbia, Thailand, and Israel were the three places I wanted to really go to uh, while at business school. And to be able to go, as Ben said, with all of my friends, go to three different cities: Bogota, Medellin, Cartagena, all different flavors of things in both of those in all of those cities um, was just a really awesome experience and again some of those serendipitous moments that you have like there are people that I never met before I went on that trek yeah. that are now I know will be my lifelong friends so just very fond memories um, and specifically I want to highlight the Cartagena portion of the trip where we had these crazy mansions and like pools and it just seemed like I was in paradise it's uh, an investment it, kids it's an investment <laughs> <laughs> so really well done and I knew that I could always go to Santi or any of the leaders Ben because I mean this is just my boy I was like what do we do in Colombia to have fun like what can I do that's outside of like uh, going on the tours and things like that and they were all very helpful making sure that I was able to get some of that local and like really authentic experience I seem to remember seeing approximately 10 billion Instagram stories about was it was it grape picking what was what did you guys go do that day on the hillside we went to a coffee farm. A in, coffee farm, in, okay. Antioch, okay. Yeah, outside of Medellin. Um, so everybody with like like kind of the ponchos on. That classic, was so cool. Yeah, Colombian. I even um, forgot about that. There's so many experiences. Yeah. That was awesome. A lot of coffee in Colombia. I, I believe that. I believe that. A lot of coffee. Um, now, Very pretty. <laughs> you know, by the same token here, um, on the flip side, what do you think was the most challenging aspect of going on, you know, a trip like this with so many people? Because, you know, the, on the pro side, it, it's very clear. It's exactly what you said. There is an extreme diversity of students that are going. You get the opportunity to experience Columbia with, with the tour guys. You would normally never have this opportunity. Um, and then also meet some lifelong friends that maybe you hadn't had a chance to coordinate with uh, before. But... You know, there also have to be some sort of challenges, a group of that size. So from your perspective as a trekker, mm-hmm. what, what was a little bit challenging for you going on a trip with 115 people? Uh, I guess, as Ben was saying, like coordinating that amount of people can be difficult. So if all of these people need to be on the several buses that are uh, waiting for everyone, and if, you know, people are late because they had so much fun uh, dancing to <laughs> Chambeta. Yeah. to last night, they might be a little sluggish in the morning, but everyone, you know, will have to wait. So I feel like that sort of thing, or maybe like when you get to a restaurant, maybe an order is different than, you know, what the leaders may have expected. But again, like, 
I didn't care. I was yeah. like, we're in Colombia. This is awesome. Um, Which, again, you know, is the right frame of mind. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine getting upset about your order getting No, 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 I'm I sorry, can't. This is a like, mojito. I wanted a tequila yeah. vodka. No. Like. Yeah, yeah, small, small problems, small problems. Yeah. Um, that's that's really good. Thank you guys so much for, for sharing that with us. I'm I think C-Trek. Yes, C-Trek is, C-Trek is one of the favorites here at Ross, and, and rightfully so. Um, now... Moving on. This is, I'm most excited to talk about this because I think that this thematically is one of the coolest things that we really encourage here at Ross. And that is students have the ability to take initiative and create their own treks. You are not by any means limited to the number or the type of treks that already exist. Um, and LC, just very recently, what, a month ago? Yeah, yeah. A month ago. It, it still feels like I just got West back. Africa trek. I could not have possibly been more jealous <laughs> than I was of looking at West Africa Trek. So could you tell us a little bit about, you know, first of all, um, what went into the inception of deciding you guys were going to go into, uh, go, go to West Africa and do this trek, the planning along with it, you know, hurdles that maybe people uh, would have to jump, jump over uh, if they want to plan their own trek, and then also tell us, tell us about Ghana, come on. I could not be more excited to tell you all about this. Um, The first thing I have to do is really give a plug to the Africa Business Club here on campus. Um, It's one of our newer clubs, and they've gotten so many members over the past year and have been doing so many things to um, raise awareness about, you know, the students from Africa who are here. Um, So they are really the ones that created this trek, this West Africa trek, and it was really... um, uh, first plan through one of the NBA One students here. His name is Kevin Ojo. He has a travel company called the Travel Clan that specifically focuses oh, wow. on traveling within Africa. Um, I think that a lot of people uh, have gone to places like South Africa or Kenya or done the safaris, but there's not that much travel to West Africa. So the goal of the Travel Clan is to make that more accessible to people, give people more. I mean, there's 16 countries in West Africa, yeah. um, and that was my first time going to only one of them. So uh, his business really focuses on that. So I really got to give all of the kudos to him for even coming up with that idea and bringing that to the attention of Africa Business Club, of which I am a member, as well as Ben. (laughs) Um, So what really was the impetus of going to Ghana for the West Africa Trek this year is something that's called the Year of the Return. Okay. So this is a global initiative by Ghana to sort of um, pay tribute to the 400th anniversary of um, the transatlantic slave trade. Mm -hmm. So that is uh, when many of the people from Ghana or the Cape Coast um, of West Africa uh, were, you know, taken as slaves and went to the Americas, whether that was in North America, the Caribbean, um, and also they also went to uh, Europe. So this was basically Ghana's way of saying, you know, talking to the African diaspora, so people from all over the world that were disconnected from Africa, um, you know, through this, you know, horrible experience of slavery, inviting them back to the country um, in an effort to rediscover their roots, rediscover or or discover for the first time what it's like to actually be on the continent. And for me, that was extremely moving because I actually learned that my ancestry is from Ghana. Really? Most of it, um, a percentage of it. So... It was kind of this, uh, like, dichotomy of sentiments that I had. One was like, wow, like, I actually, like, my ancestors, I'm going to be the first of my ancestors to come back to this place. How full circle is that where they left in terrible conditions and now I'm able to travel there of my own volition and really enjoy it and reconnect with the culture. Um, and then the other half was like, I'm a little afraid. I I don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm going to be going to have an amazing experience in Accra and Kumasi. We went to several cities within Ghana. It's on the coast. It's gorgeous. The beaches are amazing. The nightlife's amazing. The food, the jollof. Oh, my God. Um, So on one hand, there's that, but I'm like, I'm also going to have a real educational experience by going to visit some of these slave castles, going to understand the history from the African perspective, because a lot of people don't realize, you know, there are a lot of differences in understanding between African-Americans, Caribbean-Americans, British um, Africans, and people actually from the continent. So I was a little nervous about that. Uh, So I have to say, like, Ghana, you know, the West Africa Trek at Ross and ABC did an excellent job of providing such a balanced trip. Um, 
there were emotional check-ins. There were, you know, there was parties. There was nightlife. There was engaging with, you know, traditional villages to learn how to make food. And there's this phrase called akwaba, which means welcome. And as soon as I got off of my flight, as well as my other classmates, that was displayed everywhere. And that was the real sentiment of the entire trip. It was welcome, wow. welcome back, and welcome to this family. I mean, that is... It. You know, that's even just sitting here. That's that's pretty moving. Um, thank you so much for you know coming on, not only to talk about it, but with such you know authenticity. Um, that was incredible. It was a life changing spiritual birthright. Yeah, and you know, I would love. You know, what were some of the? You know, you talked about not only is it going there and experiencing the beautiful country and seeing the, the beaches and the, and the parties that were going on, but also, you know, some of those educational pieces. Could you tell us maybe a little bit about your favorite one? Yes. Oh, it's so hard to pick a favorite. There were so many. Um, I, I wouldn't call this a favorite, but I, I would call it something that I had to do, which was going to um, the Cape Coast okay. Slave Castle and really like walking around, going into, you know, going into dungeons, going into these places where, you know, my ancestors and many ancestors, you know, were in before they were, you know, Got, went into yeah. illegal human trafficking. Um, and just like placing myself into that situation and realizing again that aspect of like how full circle it is. I learned a lot of things that I never learned that there were 210 million Africans that were enslaved in the, in the West Coast but only 60 million made it onto ships because they died of terrible conditions or just being killed or disease um, and then that 60 million that number dwindled down to 12.5 million uh, when they finally got to the Americas so so many people lost in that experience but it like you know the pain of that and understanding how how that occurred but to also see the resilient the resiliency of these people um, you know to make it in those harsh conditions and then centuries later I'm here to be able to talk about it and to be able yeah. to go and go experience and try to make sure that something like that doesn't happen in any community of yeah. any of any race of anywhere Absolutely. else I mean truly truly awe inspiring <laughs> um, the other thing that I think is important to to talk about with this as well is through you guys going there and all of the even you know some of the content that we saw here that didn't go on it I learned so much just from I mean literally I Elsie Elsie is famous for posting you know maybe a hundred Instagram stories at a time you know maybe. maybe I won't deny okay. it I won't deny yeah. it but but there were so many things so many whether it was a fact or you know you took a picture of it, it took a brief description and then I'm you know I, I was with my family and so there was a lot of times where I was just you know sitting down and I watch it and I look it up and I you know you read and so you educated so many people outside of just those that, that went on that trek and I think wow, that's to be commended as well that. I of never course. thought about it of like course. that and I'm glad you even are saying that. I mean, it was something I just felt had to be shared with the world. Oh, absolutely. And it was just so beautiful. Like, we got to go to one of the wonders of the world, you know, hike across these canopies that are above the jungle um, in the Ashanti Kingdom and, you know, these national parks. I mean, there's just experiences that I've, I've never had that I felt like if people saw that you can come to the continent and come to a place like Ghana and have those experiences, then that will no doubt encourage people to go for themselves absolutely you know and that you know i hope that that west africa trek is is a mainstay oh it's amazing they're adding you know, they're, they're doing it next year perfect and they're adding nigeria and then there are some people even this year that are doing spring break in africa as well yep. right yep that's totally true some people are doing spring break there um some folks are going to um kenya and tanzania um for a trek in i think april or may okay. um and then even like I know Ben, like some map experiences are also going to Ghana and also went yeah, last year. There are year, a lot which... of map experiences that allow you to, to do that type of travel as well. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, you know, for coming in and, and talking about that. I think that, you know, not only the story itself is incredibly moving, but the, the large takeaway as well from a prospective student is that if there is something that you're passionate about and you come to Ross, you can accomplish it. You can accomplish, you know, sharing um, any anything with, with your classmates. And, I, and not only do you get the opportunity to do that, but you also empower others, you know, in the process. So thank you so much uh, for coming in and talking about that. Of course, of course. <laughs> 
Um, this was a great, I had a great time with you guys today. Um, we are just about out of time. So a huge thank you to our panelists today, Elsie Staten, Ben Quam, Cal Richards. Um, so many insights into Trek opportunities here at Michigan Ross. Cannot thank you enough. Um, also, thank you to our executive producers, Andres Fuentes-Affleck, Adam Fasher, and Bob Needham. And a huge thank you to Jonah Brockman, who does our recording and editing. To our listeners, you know we love you. Until next time, go blue and this is Business Beyond Usual. Thank you.